Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda, and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday the 13th. Yay. We finally got another Friday the 13th. It took a while, it seems, right? It feels like it took a minute, but also it's like a extra spooky one because it's in October, which is spooky season proper, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Send us all your Friday the 13th tattoos today. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah. They make me so happy. My thing is, is that I just don't have it in my soul to like wait in line at like a flash event on a weekday weekends sure like i have like i went to like a valentine's day flash event and got some stuff done but on a weekday i just can't do it that's fair that's fair ours you can sign up ahead of time a few of them and you can do appointments i am saying this i am fairly confident i actually have a friday the 13th tattoo on my thigh that's a bet my <laughs> bet i don't know you should know what's happening i don't it's know fine. it's just your body Look, once, like after I got a couple, <laughs> I can't tell you date. I just know the order of events and it's on my friendship thigh because it matches Damien's. But I got it the day after he got his. So it couldn't have been a Friday the 13th one because I don't think he got it on a Thursday. But I could be wrong. That was a full circle. Wasn't it? Here we are again. <laughs> if you happen to hear it snoring in the background, it's not either one of us. It's my dog, Moo, who she's got health stuff. I'm going to have her around every second of every day that I can. So I'm sorry if that makes you unhappy. But Moo is now officially part of the show. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of weird sounds, I went on a trip and now I'm sick again. So Steffi knows. I'm so sorry. This is Amanda's voice now. This is just who she is. <laughs> this is me. This is who I am. Look, you just have snotty self-pride. You know what I mean? You got books. It's okay. Weak immune system for the win. Mm, I'm sorry. But anywho, today we're going to be talking about one of the most iconic horror movies, the infamous slasher film Friday the 13th, because today is Friday the 13th. We're going to talk about a serial killer that is thought to have been inspired by the film franchise. And also, what's really interesting is for a lot of horror movies, you'll see that the directors are like, this is what inspired me. But for this, there's really not much. There's one scene where a victim's begging for his life. And the director was like, oh, this is from a crime I've read in the newspaper, but you can't really find which crime it is. And I feel like it's a relatively, I don't want to say like common thing, but like a lot of people would beg for their life, like specifically, right? If they were being murdered. So I'm like, I don't even know how to narrow this down. Murders where people don't want to be murdered feels like it's a bit too broad. And so what we looked at is like, what's out there that people think might have influenced this movie yeah so we're going to talk about a massacre that happened before the movie that may have been kind of like knocking around victor miller's brain he's who wrote friday the 13th and sean cunningham was the director so we're going to talk about those two things today yeah there's a lot around this movie and it's a lot of people's favorite slasher which what do you think of this movie before we go into it i like it because it's a classic but i wouldn't say it's my favorite slasher movie or horror movie my favorite slasher movie is Scream. Same. It might be a little bit horror movie basic, but like, I like Scream a lot. Same. I really like Scream, and my favorite classic is Halloween. That's fair. Look, my favorite horror movies are what might be considered bad horror movies, and that would be <laughs> the Critters' entire franchise. Like, <laughs> I mean, truly, 
I really love the movie Critters, but we're not <laughs> talking about Critters today, although we are talking about Critters. Uh, we are talking about Friday the 13th. You know, just a little far away from that. It's fine. Because we are in spooky season, we therefore get to talk about all spooky topics in all episodes, right? That feels fair. Yeah. This is our time. No rules in October. Amanda keeps describing October for our podcast as the Super Bowl. She's like, this is our Super Bowl. <laughs> and we're like thinking of content and stuff. We're like, this has to be good. This is our time. <laughs> this is when we shine. <laughs> this is what we prepare for. <laughs> it's, is it not true no no it's not that you're not you're not wrong it's just that like it's not as though we don't work very hard all year it's just october is the month where we put an unnecessary amount of pressure on ourselves to be very like charismatic and charming and have all the perfect episodes and nothing go wrong and so it's same full loving effort but we've just given ourselves twice the amount of pressure am yeah. i wrong yeah why not why not why not look this is the thing we enjoy <laughs> we're going to enjoy it <laughs> i might die but it's <laughs> fine it's fine halloween halloween <laughs> well let's rein it back in for friday the 13th it inspired a lot of other movies as well and i didn't know this for some of them but it inspired the burning madman slaughter high Final Exam, The Mutilator, My Bloody Valentine, I think I knew that one, The Slumber Party Massacre, The Prowler, Happy Birthday to Me, The House on Sorority Row, Scream, which I think we talked about in our Scream episode, Yeah, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. I think what's interesting, too, is that if this is the inspiration for those movies, then anything that those movies were an inspiration for, this was technically also an inspiration for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And interestingly, <laughs> Jason's name was almost Josh. It just has like a very different vibe. It really does. Josh Voorhees. He's a lacrosse player. Is he not? <laughs> We're going to have a lot of uh, tangents on this episode. We're going to have a long, rich end of episode. We will. We will. So, um, yeah, Jason was almost Josh. And I just feel like that does not sound as scary. I don't know why. But Josh, you're right. It's just like a sports dude. Yeah, it's also it's not that Jason is a particularly scary name. I think it's also just that we've heard Jason Voorhees our whole lives. Yes. So like, I think that's why it's like, okay, that fits together. Any other name, for example, Norbert Voorhees. is ridiculous. He plays indoor backgammon. <laughs> What's great is that that joke is going to be in our end credits. So you don't even understand what we're talking about unless you listen for that. And then this will be funnier. <laughs> it's fair. Now, another fun fact. Nicolas Cage said that he was inspired by Jason Voorhees for his character in the movie Mandy. I love it. I also just really enjoy Nicolas Cage. I love his uh, range lately. Yes. I also love that he's like aware he's Nicolas Cage. You know what I mean? Like he's not like, mm, I'm only serious. Like he's like, I'm a little silly. Yeah. Yeah. So now let's get into what Friday the 13th might have been inspired by. And that's the Camp Bodum Massacre. And it occurred at Lake Bodum in Finland. So two friends who were both 15, Anya Mackey and Myla Bjorklund, along with their 18-year-old boyfriends, Seppo Boisman and Niels Gustafsson, decided to go camping at Lake Bodum. 
And they were having a good time. They had a good first night. But at around 6 a.m. on June 5th of 1960, the group was attacked and three out of four of the teens were murdered. Anya and Seppo were found stabbed with blunt force trauma inside the tent. Both Myla and Niels were found on top of the tent. Myla had the most stab wounds, and some of them were done post-mortem. Oh, gosh. She was also naked from the waist down. Yeah. Pretty fucking horrific. So, Niels survived the attack, but he had stab wounds, a broken jaw, and other broken facial bones. That always is wild to me, that one stab wound, you know, let alone a bunch can survive and walk away from something that horrific. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's also like, it's all in like where it hits you, you know? Yeah. So he also gave law enforcement a description that led to a composite sketch. And we'll talk more about that later. The body and Niels were found around 11 a.m. by a carpenter. And we're saying his profession because sources agree that he was a carpenter, but not on his name. Interesting, but okay. Yeah. So he called law enforcement and they began to investigate the scene around noon, which feels like a long time to get to a very gruesome murder scene. But they're like, we'll get to it when we can. Yeah. Like, okay. So later, a group of boys who were out bird watching around the time of the murders, which again was 6 a.m., said that they had seen the tent deflate and they saw a blonde man walk away from the tent. Weird. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the investigation. So law enforcement noticed that the teen's motorcycle keys were missing, but the motorcycles were still parked where they had left them. Bizarre. Additionally, their shoes, clothing, and wallets were also missing, which I could see why a person might steal someone's wallet. Yeah. I don't understand why they would steal their clothes and shoes. Yeah. I mean, like, unless they needed them, but like... Not very valuable. The clothing of two 15-year-old girls who were on a camping trip is likely not going to be like their nicest things. Especially it's June, so they don't have like heavy coats or anything like that. Right. But trophies is the only thing I could think of. That's a lot of trophies. Yeah. It's cumbersome trophies, you know? Yeah. So Neil's shoes were found about a half a mile away covered in blood and it appeared that the murderer had worn neil's shoes during the attack and then walked away wearing them before discarding them with some of neil's clothing that's bizarre that's really weird that's strange what are the odds that the person who survived is the person whose shoes have been taken and worn during the murders pretty strange so based on the state of the bodies and the way that the tent appeared law enforcement believed that the teens had been attacked through the tent so the attacker didn't go inside they used the knife through the tent and blunt force trauma which again is like very very strange to me because it's not a it's not a huge tent right because it's just it's two couples who are probably like kind of like the couples were probably themselves like snuggled up so now probably not taking like a ton of space but like enough space where like if you're aimlessly hitting it's possible you won't hit someone yeah, yeah. And I mean, not knowing, I, they could have known, obviously, but how many people are in that tent? Because if it was one, there's going to be a lot more space that you may not hit someone, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or more of a chance of them getting out and getting away. Yeah. Well, I guess my thing too would be if there is a single assailant on the outside with a knife and something that they're using to bludgeon, they're really typically only going to be hitting one person at a time. Yeah. So the others could like, jump out, pull that person away. Like there's like defensive maneuvers. And I think that's one of the things that I find the most strange about this is that the attack appeared to be through the tent because there was like knife stab marks and stuff like that. And there was evidence that it had been hit. It reminds me of Dyatlov in a way. It does. What happened? Was it in or out of the tent? 
Yeah, well, like, the outlaw of, like, the bottom of the tent was cut. So they showed that they, like, crawled out. And so it's like, why did they do that? And here it's like, they were inside the tent and stayed inside the tent. Yeah. How did that happen? So police did an awful job investigating and securing the scene. They didn't take any official recordings of what they had found on the scene. They also didn't section off the crime scene. So other people began tromping around immediately after the police left, which that's always going to remind me of Aliska, our OG. But like we're talking almost 60 years after. Right. So while that they're still not like, perhaps we should not let everybody fucking walk around the crime scene. Right. Because right. Even at this point, they, don't, they obviously don't have DNA, but like they can look at a footprint. Yeah. And, like, look at the bottom of a shoe. They could look at the ground and see, like, did this person drop any trash that might be relevant? I feel like there's, like, stuff they could have looked at and looked for that wasn't a modern marvel for today, you know? Right, right. And so people started tromping around, not surprisingly. So then law enforcement was like, oh, maybe we should try to resecure the crime scene. So then they were like, we'll use military personnel. That didn't work because the military personnel also wasn't trained for, like, crime scene maintenance so they just made it worse because there's all these people walking around the scene messy messy yeah so later witnesses told law enforcement that they saw two young men fishing near the murder scene they couldn't identify those men but when police looked in the area that they had been fishing they found the fish that they had caught huh which feels very bizarre because if you went fishing why would you leave your fish yeah, that seems weird. Mm-hmm. Seems pointless. So, like, <laughs> they were there. It's just, who the fuck were they? Yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about some of the suspects. The first one was Carl Valdemar Schilstrom, and he owned a kiosk near Lake Bodum that campers would often go to. But he did not like campers, which don't know why you'd have a place near where people camped. They're giving you money, dude. That was my mentality. It was like, if you don't like this group of folks, why are you like, I will sell to you, but I will be mad about it the entire time? <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah. He also would throw rocks at hikers, which, again, that, that's not how you make money. Disrespectful. Unless he's selling, like, Band-Aids. Oh. <laughs> a Band-Aid kiosk. And, like, he's cutting tents down. He, he's selling new tents, so he's like, fuck this tent. I'm getting a, I'm making you get a new tent. So weird. To me, now I don't know why, but he is the um the guy in Frozen that has the little, like, outpost. Like, you That's him. a blowout. He seemed pleasant, though. This guy is not him. You're right. But, like, that is what, <laughs> like, the store is to me, even though it's a kiosk. It's that store. Okay. Okay. So then neighbors said that they had seen him coming home the morning after the time of the murders, but they were too scared to come forward. I feel like I would notice if my neighbor was a peer, like if I was awake, <laughs> like I'm awake at this, it's 6 a.m. regularly. But if I was awake and I saw my neighbor like clearly coming home at 6 a.m. and be like, that's a weird thing. Yeah. So again, they were scared to come forward for whatever reason. Apparently, he told people when he was both sober and drunk, things that showed he had information about the crime. A little scary. Mm-hmm. This includes him drunkenly confessing to his neighbor. And police decided, you know what we should do? We should ignore this. Why? I don't like campers. I'm confessing to killing campers. That feels like a like a one-two, right? Yeah, it's like you can close your case faster. So he was also seen filling a well with concrete in his front yard pretty soon after the murder. Because, you know, that's what people do, right? Yeah. Don't you just fill your well with concrete? Yeah. Yeah. 
His wife said that he had been asleep at home at the time of the murders, though. So then he's also talking with one of his friends and he's like, you know, hypothetically, what would you do if you were, I don't know, involved in the murder of some teens? And the friend was like, uh, I would drown myself in the lake. It's a very weird, bizarre conversation. Also, like, if one of my friends was like, hypothetically, if I murdered some teens, I'd be like, okay, so you murdered some teens. Like, that just doesn't feel like a thing that you would. That's not a conversation. Yeah, like, that's a weird conversation. Okay, so going back to this, not the Basilosaurus. If that ends up at the end, that's going to be such a good segue because people will be like, what? Please leave that as a segue. (laughs) I'm sorry to interrupt you, but please begin again. Okay. So Shielstrom ended up drowning in Lake Bodum nine years after the murders, and suicide is suspected. His wife recanted his alibi on her deathbed. That's terrifying. But also, like, he could have done other terrible things. Right. Like, there's so much he could have been doing. Because I didn't see anything that suggested that he started a different business and, like, was like, I'm going to remove myself from campers. He continued on with his life. So if he did it once and it was him, he could have done it again. That would have been a lot to hold on your conscience. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if maybe she was scared of him too, you know? Yeah. I obviously mean, I probably would have been scared of him if I was her. But after he died. Yeah, that's true. So another suspect. It's hard to say his name without laughing, but it's Hans Assman. Love that for him. People thought that he might have been a KGB spy. And he was suspected of multiple murders. He was not charged with any of them, though. He lived close to Lake Bodum. And the day after the murders, he went to the Helsinki Surgical Hospital. And his fingernails had dirt under them. And his clothing was covered in bloodstains. People who worked at the hospital said that he seemed aggressive and nervous. So when he wasn't being seen fast enough, he acted like he lost consciousness. What a drama queen. Which I guess we've all been there at... The hospital, though, you know, like. But I haven't faked fainting. Oh, if only a doctor would see me. <sighs> and then it's like. should have. They're just faking everlasting faint, you know? It's not everlasting faint. It's temporary faint. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's true. So police questioned him, but they decided not to investigate him any further. They said that he had an alibi that was solid. His clothing was not tested for DNA when the technology became available. So. Kind of strange. Yeah. He also had blonde hair, which matched the hair color of the person who was said to be leaving the scene. He also looked pretty similar to Neil's description. There's also a photo of the crowd at one of the funerals where there's a man who looks shockingly similar to the sketch. Which is like a very specific look, right? Yeah, yeah. And when you look at Hans, you can see in the eyes especially, not so much the mouth to me because his lips aren't as pronounced as the sketch. But when you look at the crowd photo, it actually doesn't look like a person to me. It simply looks like that sketch, the feature. It just looks like the sketch, which is really wild. It really does. Because it's a perfectly fine sketch. I'm not here to throw any shade at their artistry, but I wouldn't say it's a hyper-realistic sketch. Well, I mean, they emphasize the features. So seeing this like character, yeah, like it looks like a caricature. Yeah. Right? Which I just, I thought was really fascinating that they found somebody who was like so spot on in the crowd. Right. Right. We'll post those too. Of course. So Pentine Soiden, who was a inmate, allegedly bragged to another inmate 
that he had been the murderer. And this was in the mid-60s. So he did live near Lake Bodum at the time of the murders, but it's unlikely that it was him because he was only 14 years old at the time. So perhaps not, especially because we've got four teens, not just, you know, it's not one-on-one. Right. And I feel like that would be very bizarre. And what's interesting is that he also died exactly nine years after the murder. And he died because he hanged himself in prison in 1969. But just interesting because it's the same timeline as Shilstrom from earlier. Yeah. So in March of 2004, over 40 years after the murder, Niels, the survivor, was arrested and charged in connection with the murders. Law enforcement said that they suspected him since the beginning. And they said that they were able to use new methods to test the evidence. They believe that he stabbed his girlfriend 15 times because he was jealous. And so one of the reasons that they thought it was him was because when they tested the blood on the shoe, it had everyone's blood but his own. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So they thought that he killed them, hid the items, then injured himself to make it look like he had been part of the attack. But that the reason why there wasn't blood on the shoes that they had found is because he injured himself so that he would have his own clothing on. Right. Because like otherwise, if like you injured yourself and then switched your shoes, you'd have clean shoes and it would look very strange. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the prosecution said that they thought that early that morning that he was kicked out of the tent because he had gotten drunk. And they also speculated that his friend Seppo had tried to talk to him like over whatever they were all arguing about and that the two of them fought and Boisman had fractured Neil's jaw and facial bones in that fight. But like that seems like a pretty intense fight for friends. Like even if one of you is drunk, even if one of you is if you're like having a heated argument to break someone's jaw, that's a fucking lot, especially like other facial bones. And if you were fighting someone, I mean, like if you're fighting anybody, I would hope that like if you broke their jaw and facial bones, you wouldn't be like, okay, now I'm going to head back to sleep, right? Like you'd be like, we should go get you some help. Enough of this. Well, and wouldn't there be evidence of that on his hand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't see anything where they talked about that, though, which is kind of strange. Yeah. So in 2007, the case was dismissed for lack of evidence, which doesn't feel all too surprising because first off, right, we just said that there would have been evidence on their bodies that that had happened. But also the main piece of evidence that they were looking at was that shoe that had the other's blood on it. And there's so many reasons why that could happen. You know, like I didn't see anything that said he had any leg specific injuries. So it's like I could see how blood from your face might not end up on your own shoes. But if you're trying to help your friends or if you're where they are, like you might get splatter. Yeah. So during the trial, Niels continued to say that he was innocent. And he was also like, not only am I innocent, but I'm also a victim here. Like I was also attacked. Like this was awful. And the court had said that the evidence was aged and that even the aged evidence was really, really sparse. They had barely collected anything. So there really wasn't a lot to test. And keep in mind, right, from what we know, it doesn't seem like they kept Aspen's clothing that was all bloody. Yeah. And I don't think they like unearthed Shilstrom's well, right? So we don't know what that other evidence is or could have been. So they had to pay Neil 44,900 euros for mental suffering, which I mean, feels fair, right? If he did not do it and they're re-traumatizing him. But unfortunately, Mila Anya and Seppo's murders have never been solved. Like they don't even really have any really concrete, this is who it is. I feel like Shilstrom makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But also yeah. like Asman was covered in blood. Yeah, that's strange that they're just like, okay, but you're fine to leave. We don't need anything. You're like, sir, whose blood is that? 
So another set of murders that some believe was the inspiration for Friday the 13th was the Girl Scout murders. And we have an entire episode for this. But as a reminder, it was the murders of Lori Farmer, Michelle Gousset, and Denise Milner, which so horrific and sad. Yeah, well, and I think one of the saddest cases that we've ever covered, we've covered a lot of sad cases, but that one just, it hits you really hard. But I think it's interesting that most people, when you look at this, a lot of people think that it's like Bodum, but the Girl Scout murders were only three years before Friday the 13th was released. Yeah, so it hits the time frame. Yeah, like they're different ages, but like the idea of horrific things happening at a camp. Yeah, for sure. So let's pivot a little bit and talk about a serial killer who many believe was inspired by Jason Voorhees. And his name is Peter Moore. Moore owned a chain of cinemas, and he was relatively visible in his community. Moore lived with his parents in one of the most prominent homes in his town until their deaths in 1979 and 1994. The house was so big that it was also used as a library and a polling station. It also, of course, had a fancy name. It was called the Darlington House. Sounds very cute. Which is a little lovely. In my head, it looks like a dollhouse, right? Yes, I would also imagine. Also, like, can you imagine, like, your house is so much bigger than everyone else's that they're like, this is now town space. (laughs) I want that one day. I don't want that one day. But that doesn't presume if you have a house that big that you would have people to help you clean it. I'm like, even in my house, I'm like, this is too much. In 1995, Moore murdered and maimed four men from September to December. So relatively short time. Yeah. During his crimes, he wore all black. This was apparently to scare his victims. So let's talk about his victims. The first victim was a bachelor who lived by himself in a remote farmhouse. His name was Henry Roberts, and he was in his mid-50s. He had an interest in Nazi memorabilia. I really feel like... That whenever anyone says that a person is interested in Nazi memorabilia, that like we can just go ahead and say that they're a Nazi, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I don't think that anyone should be murdered ever for any reason, blah, blah. But Nazis are objectively bad. When someone's like, I'm interested in that memorabilia. And I'm like, mm, why? I feel like historians wanting to like tell stories, but that's it. Like, and that's not even like an interest in just that. It's like painting the picture of what happened, maybe, but. That's a stretch. I feel like people who collect Nazi memorabilia are often glorifying the Nazi side of it. Like it's not often, it's not people who are like, we are collecting this to catalog a horrific historic event and we want a full picture. It's like people who want Nazi memorabilia. Yeah. You generally don't see people who are saying like, I collect Nazi memorabilia and what they mean is World War II memorabilia. There's a difference. Or Holocaust memorabilia. You aren't often seeing like someone talking about those things with specifically Nazi memorabilia. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's very strange. Yeah. So two weeks before the murder, Moore was arrested because he had a weapon in his van and it was a truncheon. In the US, we call it a billy club or a nightstick. It's weird that he was arrested for that, right? Yeah. Unless he just like when he was pulled over, he didn't mention that he had a weapon. I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. I just feel like in the US, the fucking bar for to be arrested for a weapon is depending on who you are as a person but like a billy club is not like a thing that you could immediately kill a person with right like it's not a gun yeah yeah i mean it's a weapon but like i feel like if you were pulled over and they were like what do you have in your back seat it would be the same as being like oh i also have a a rolling pin you know like there are other things that you could use that are handy that would be just as lethal that's fair painful harmful yeah i wonder if there's something else with it Mm -hmm. so henry was stabbed 
47 times. Jesus. Which takes a lot of effort. That's a lot of fucking effort. Yeah. And Detective Superintendent Peter Ackerley of the North Wales Police said it was a frenzied attack. There was also evidence of sexual activity prior to his death. It's just a lot. Yeah. So the second victim was 28-year-old Edward Cathy, and he met Moore at a gay bar. Moore stabbed Edward to death in October of 1995 in the Cloconog Forest. Now, the third victim was 49-year-old Keith Randalls. He was a traffic manager, and he was stabbed to death on A5 Road in Anglesey in November of 1995. Keith was sleeping in his caravan when he was stabbed four times. So sad. Yeah. And then his fourth victim was 40-year-old Anthony Davies, and he was stabbed in December of 1995 at Pensar Beach in Abergale. So Moore originally confessed, but then he pled not guilty. But during initial conversations with police, he told them there was a quote-unquote certain enjoyment in killing. He gave very detailed descriptions of the murders, and he would like describe the squirting blood. He even included details about crime scenes that were very specific that you really probably wouldn't know unless you were there. But they were sometimes it was like an innocuous detail like, oh, there was an empty beer can nearby. So his alternate theory that he provided was that his co-worker slash lover, Jason, committed the murders. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So later, after he was convicted, his attorney wrote the, the man in black, Peter Moore, Wales' worst serial killer. And he talks in his book about how both the prosecution and he himself thought that Jason was Jason Voorhees. Like, that's what he was thinking of when he picked that name and that he had like enjoyed the movies. Like, that was part of why he chose that. Weird. So we go from presumably zero violence. He's like a local business owner. His home's the polling station and the library, right? Like you're thinking he's a community man who just snaps, right? Like that's like the kind of picture that I feel like you think of at first because you're like zero to suddenly you're stabbing your first victim 47 times. And there are reports of dozens of attacks committed by Moore in the years leading up to the murders. It's thought that he would attack men with a knife in that billy club we talked about earlier, and that the escalation to murder happened after his mother died. What does that sound like? If that's not Norman Bates, I don't know what is. But like, to me, what it makes me think of is that she was kind of like reining him in perhaps a bit. Yeah. Right? Because like, if you live with someone, they will likely see you come home if you are covered in blood, wearing the clothes that you wore to murder someone. Right, right. So Moore was convicted on all counts and sentenced to four consecutive life sentences. He unsuccessfully tried to raise his case to the higher court, but was unsuccessful. And the reason why is just so fucking insane is that he argued that life without parole was inhumane. Also, you know, being murdered perhaps is inhumane. The audacity. So his second victim was Edward Cathy. And after he had appealed to the higher court, she had released a statement when he was unsuccessful. And her name is Lynn. And she said, he had no right to go to the European court. Who took his dignity away? He murdered my little baby brother. And every day I have to live with this. Every morning without fail. Have you ever had a broken heart? You don't know what a broken heart is. Trust me. Oh, that's sad. Oh, so, so sad. I'm glad that he's remaining in prison because he's clearly fucking awful. Yeah. I feel like if your attorney is like, I'm going to write a book about how bad you are. It's bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I didn't know all of that about Friday the 13th being inspired by and people being inspired by the film. 
That's a lot. Yeah. A lot of times until we're like, I wonder. We're we're in the dark. So it's kind of I'm a learner, so I'm excited about that. But it's it's a neat like research dive to be like, yeah. hmm, how did this affect the world? And how did the world affect this? Exactly. Exactly. And this, like I said at the beginning, is not our first episode on the date, Friday the 13th. We have an entire episode about it. And we talk a lot about superstitions in that one. That was a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. But we also talk about the murder of Kitty Genovese. Yes. That like did a lot of shaping modern psychology, which a really fascinating case and devastating, just completely devastating. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you've ever had anything bad or spooky happen on Friday the 13th, we want to know. We want to hear about it. Also, if there's another horror movie that you're like, this was inspired by something crazy, look this up. Tell us. We'd love to. Yes. I like these episodes. I find it interesting. They're fun. Yeah. Do we consume a large amount of spooky content? Yes, we do. But we don't know everything. We don't don't claim to. Yeah, we don't (laughs) claim to. Or if you're like, here is my favorite horror movie. Tell me what you can find. I like it. I like a challenge. Yeah, especially the haunting ones. Those are my favorites. But Mm -hmm. yes. Well, guys, we're halfway through the spooky month, which means we are almost done with our giveaway. So go to our social media. You can read all about the beautiful spooky basket that Amanda has curated and all the ways in which you can enter. I'm not going to give you a thousand details now. They exist. (laughs) Maya, they exist. (laughs) Go to our social media or our website. Check it out. Yeah. All the hot goss and details are there. The deets. And with that, have a great weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who support us via Patreon. Please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you, yes, you, can begin to haunt the dump, guard vortexes, or even become a scorching Sasquatch. Also in our show notes, you can find the link to our website, more information on our sources, our social media handles, and our merch store. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts. I beg of you. (laughs) You know, dog snoring is probably one of my favorite sounds. (laughs) Listening and seeing a dog snoring. So, uh, okay. Dog snoring, 10 out of 10 cute. People snoring, cannot tolerate. So, like, for example, I might theoretically tell ben to turn over if he's sleeping but if moo is snoring i'm like my baby my angel my light she's cozy yeah and also a while ago my bestie damien was staying at my parents house when i lived there and i was like oh do you want moo to sleep in your room with you and he was like yes that'd be great and so she does and the next morning he's like it would have been great if you would have told me that she snores like an adult man because I woke up thinking someone broke in and was laying with me. <laughs> That's how I remember what he said. But I was like, oh, you're right. I probably should have mentioned that she like snores. No, I like the surprise element more. Yeah, a surprise pity snore. Look, my favorite horror movies are what might be considered bad horror movies. And that would be <laughs> the Critters entire franchise. Like, <laughs> I mean, truly. I really love the movie Critters, like any opportunity to talk about it. But like for insert gift giving occasion, my husband got me like a replica 
of one of the main characters in the newest one of the newest critter movies and she's like the lady because if you've seen critters have you seen critters amanda i don't think i have uh okay well first of all i just need you to google critters and look at what they look like oh you know what maybe i have seen one of them i don't know which one i recognize these things Okay. I think it, it, it it's not the first one, though, because I think I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. I mean, like, in the first one, you are also like, what the fuck is happening? But hold on one moment. Don't look at anything else because I want you to see, like, what this character looks like. I want to, like, look at your face when you're seeing this. But so in all of the other movies, the creatures are the, the men creatures. And in the last one, the, like, queen crate comes and she is stunning she's obviously a puppet my favorite thing is when i first googled it what came up too is the calico critters the things that Lindsay and i send to each other all the time we do really enjoy calico critter content okay but i need you to like expand like what that looks like because okay the normal ones are like they're all black and they have black wrinkly skin and pointy little sharp teeth and, and like their mouths look like they're permanently filled with blood and they have like red bloody looking eyes but like the lady crate is all white <laughs> with like black little highlights. So she's in her like scene girl era. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's got like the sharp little teeth, but her skin is like flawless, very like peach pink and like shiny and flawless. And she's got like a cute little butt chin and she's got lashes. Yeah, eyelashes. Oh, like she has lashes like a girl can blink and her <laughs> nails <laughs> like out like wolverine and they're like if i'm remembering correctly silver like they're very chromey and she's a fucking badass and is basically a crate killing machine and she's like these men have come and fucked things up let me fix things she makes cute little sounds and she's just a treasure and a delight but anyway i love critters also if you haven't watched critters with the subtitles on it's very important you go back and watch the original movies with the subtitles on because they're making like (laughs) sounds like as they roll and what the closed captioning says is like move out of my way bitch and just (laughs) like the joy that i have when i found that i can't recall the last time i've been that happy I'll never be that happy again. I I might never be that happy again. Like, I peaked in that moment. It's a lot on one movie. It's a lot on one movie. Well, let's go back to our slasher. Now there's a fucking jet over the house. Hold on. I thought you were going to say a zit. And I was like, what do you mean you have sky zits? That's disgusting, Skies. Arizona. <laughs> do you guys have... Wait, wait. Do you have lacrosse in Arizona? Uh, Yeah. We're not, like, in outer space. We have there's the same thing. Like, barely any grass That your there. people have. Mm, but do you i mean we had the super bowl here there was grass there right that's fair that's fair she acts like we (laughs) we live on a different planet lacrosse is like a very big like maryland thing so i didn't know if like at different colleges and stuff sports are are weighted differently so i was like maybe it's popular there maybe it's not people are like lacrosse a lot of indoor sports are popular here that makes sense like um like basketball i can't think of any indoor sport i was like um like (laughs) indoor badminton what the fuck i don't know i don't know she's so sporty she's so sporty it's like backgammon (laughs) magic the gathering (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh god we're we're silly and this is not a silly episode yeah we we have 
these buildings buildings that house air conditioning do they though sort of do they house air conditioning not really also we're recording this is today our actual potiversary like our true potiversary like the date of it if i'm not mistaken like when the first episode came out or when we first recorded when the when it first came out let's see yesterday happy potiversary (laughs) (laughs) that's all right i didn't know either and just like first week in October, it counts. Yeah. So long as it's the first week of October, honestly, the whole month, we've just claimed it. Yeah. 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 That's fair. I don't know what the hell my neighbors are doing ever. My neighbor called me earlier to see if I wanted some pesto pasta. Santa. A legend. I need neighbors like that. Ours were just like, don't look at me. People on the other side, like one of the guys they work with was like, I helped build this shed. Do you need any electrical work? And we were like, actually, yeah. And then he came and installed our kitchen light. It was great. I think our neighbors are nice. It's just we don't want to people most of the time. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I feel that very deeply. Now, like, hypothetically, who would win? A badger or a basilosaurus? I'd be like, badger, because brittle bones. Basilosaurus always. That's an appropriate hypothetical conversation, is what I'm saying. Even though man is wrong. And it would clearly be a badger because, like, they could just be like, clap their little hands and crush the brittle bones of a basilosaurus no the basilosaurus is big and powerful do you know why a basilosaurus wouldn't win against a badger because you're mean spirited because they're extinct because they're the lemons of the sea (laughs) (laughs) we have not explored all of the ocean (laughs) she's giving me the dirtiest look like how dare you win (laughs) no no that's absolutely a win i was in the middle of the ocean for a few days okay and it it could house so many basilosaurus. And yet it does not. You don't know that? You you won't even go near the bottom of the ocean. You, you won't even go near the bottom. Of, you're right, Amanda. I won't go near the bottom of the ocean. You don't know. What you am I? Know. Fucking scuba diver. Just like casual. Let me just like give it a bebop are, right okay? on down They're here. from you and other haters. Me. <laughs> That's actually why you haven't seen a basilosaurus in a really long time. It's because they don't like haters. Yeah. Okay. Okay, man. <laughs> you guys will probably poach them and use their oil or something. Is that what haters means? Or people who just acknowledge their literal biological structure? You know what? For how many times I've been sick this last month? I should not be here. You're doing great. We're thriving. We're thriving. I get the basilosaurus. No, never. 